This is Afterbirth, the fourth and more postpartum support group brought to you by Preggers Can Be Choosers. In this podcast, we offer peer-to-peer support, not paid psychotherapy. We try to offer support and personal experiences over solutions. If you find yourself in need of more support, the Postpartum Support International or PSI Warm Line is 1-800-944-4773. You can also send a text message to 503-894-9453. English and Spanish options are available. If you'd like to join our conversation live, we meet every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Central Time. Need a reminder? You can sign up for text alerts at www.preggers.rocks. Lastly, if you find this podcast helpful, please consider sponsoring this group for 99 cents a month. And don't forget to share this podcast with friends and family who may find it helpful too. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us here at Preggers Can Be Choosers, the afterbirth, fourth uh, and more support, postpartum support group podcast and in live as we record this meeting. And one thing I wanted to say is that um, right now as we're recording, it's March 17th and shit is just about hitting the fan with the coronavirus. And everywhere, like every other post, I've seen a provider saying, hey, we're going to meet on Zoom, or we're going to make our podcast on Zoom, or we're going to do our post, um, we're going to do our CBE, our childbirth education on Zoom, or we're going to do our postpartum follow-up on Zoom, or I'm going to teach a NIA class on Zoom. And I was like, that's right. It's ahead of the curve here with the Zoom thing. Um, and if Zoom gets overwhelmed, um, I was talking to Dr. Blythe, and we have another option that we can move us all to. Um, so we can keep meeting even if Zoom gets overwhelmed. So shout out to Zoom because I think they've been waiting for this for a long time to get the, yeah, there you go, to get picked up and uh, used so um, just, you know, exponentially. Like, it, you know, everybody's like, hey, Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. And then even asking me, do you think there's another platform that's better than Zoom? I'm like, clearly not. This is where I've been for the last three years. So right on. So Zoom it up, everybody. So let's go around and introduce ourselves and say what's on your mind, and then we'll probably pick a topic, which will probably be like just surviving the next week. So um, unless you got something else burning, and then like share that too, because life doesn't stop. Babies don't stop. Kids don't stop throwing up. Um, I saw Ken. Ken is Martha's partner, and I saw Ken saying, oh no, the terrible twos while in quarantine. So just, you know, like life keeps going. So I'm going to mute myself, and then uh, you guys introduce yourself. Oh, let me say real quick. My name is Rowan. I'm a midwife in Curandera here in Houston, Texas, and uh, that's what's up. Okay, here we go. Okay, um, I'm Martha, and I'm primarily a stay-at-home mom to a almost two-year-old. He will be two in a week, or less than a week, on the 22nd. And um, we're just, uh, my husband and I are kind of trying to survive here amidst the craziness. Um, We both have lost our work because we work in the theater system. And uh, we're just trying to think of home projects and things to do to keep our sanity. Um, As far as um, topics, uh, my son has started to hit and bite. and. He's done it a little bit out of frustration, like say, you know, a few weeks ago, a month ago. And it seemed like I was getting through to him by saying, you know, no hit and, you know, holding his hands gently. But just yesterday, last night, actually, um, 
he started to do it and be laughing and smiling. And um, I, I got really frustrated, but I didn't lose my shit, <laughs> thank God. And um, I read up on a whole bunch of articles and they all seem to contradict each other. And I would really be um, grateful if anyone has advice, tips, stories, things like that to share. So that's kind of what's on my, my table right now. Hey y'all, um, I'm Tiffany, mom of stay-at-home mom of two. Um, my five-year-old is in kindergarten. She goes to school and I have a four-year-old who will be in pre-K in the fall. Um, we are on, I guess, day two of quarantine and day four of social distancing. So there's been a lot of questions from my kids like why can't we play with our friends why can't why can't we go into the grocery store because we've we uh the adults have been going in by ourselves or my husband will take a solo trip when the girls are asleep so they're really confused as to why we can't go anywhere and why we can't see our friends um and Lily learned a little bit about germs and the virus at school before school was canceled. So she's mentioned those words like coronavirus, germs, things like that. But I don't think she quite understands why or like what we're doing. Um, watching the news has been uh, a little bit scary because it's gonna get worse before it gets better and we all don't really know what that is going to look like for any of us really which is a little scary um and i would like to come back around to martha her question um when once everyone introduces themselves um because that is still going on with willow <laughs> hey um i am mom d mother of three, a four-year-old, two-year-old, and a nine-month-old, and I am six months pregnant. Um, we're doing pretty good with this whole coronavirus thing. I've just been basically doing like arts and crafts stuff with my kids and going out into our yard a lot and then still spending time with my parents. So I'm actually at my folks' house right now. Um, I went to a birth last night. That was intense. Um, the good thing was that the mother already really wanted to just labor at home for as long as possible. She wanted a natural birth. And so she was like, you know, she did her, her background work and took classes and was like, I'm doing, going to stay at home. And she rocked it out at home. And I got to her house and she was in the tub and her water broke. I think like maybe 30 seconds before I walked into her bathroom and uh I was like yep it's time to get out Let, let's go because I could hear it in her and I got in the car this is the first time I ever accompanied um like a family in the car to the hospital because I was like she's really in the throes of it and I just knew that she needed me in the car while her husband drive and um I almost thought I was going to have a third car birth <laughs> she was because I could just feel the grunting in her I was like, okay, I need to be sure to tell dad when to pull over if need be. Um, but we got to the hospital and within 10 minutes of getting there, 
she was pushing that baby out which was awesome and everybody was like in shock that she was a first-time mother doing that all on her you know own like oh my gosh it's so magical when a mother does a natural birth or non-medicated birth they're just so in shock by it you know like i can't believe she came in here since anybody's dilated she's so brave (laughs) yeah um and then i really almost got into a fight with a nurse for the first time i'm i don't know if it's because i really don't overstep my boundaries i'm pretty good about like letting the parents like talking to the parents while the nurse is like doing their craft and i'll be like oh it looks like they want to do this and the parents usually say no i don't want that right and i don't know if it's because like literally these are my last three births that i'm having before i'm no longer a doula for a long time and i'm just like i'm done with your shit um and i that that baby nurse the nurse that was in charge of the baby wanted to take that baby away from the mother and she's an african-american mom family and i was very protective and i was just like no <laughs> i just told her i was like why no you're not taking that baby off that mother's chest i was like you can do all of your vital signs and checking on the mother i don't see why you need to take the baby to the warmer um she was like i need to measure the baby and weigh the baby now and i was like no i was like you can wait an hour most hospitals wait an hour they give the mother the bonding skin to skin time i was just like i was so fed up with her and she just it was a power play she, you know it was just one of those like she rolled her eyes and kind of ah, ah. but in the end um you know she let the mom kind of have her wishes because mom just kept saying like don't take my baby from me don't take my baby from me and i was like you're not touching that baby sorry um so and then it was kind of cool because we got there at like she gave birth at like 5 10 and then 6 p.m they enforced their rule where they can only have like one visitor or support person and they don't look at me you know as a professional healthcare, you know support so they were like you need to leave here at six so i was like well that's great that the baby was born at five so i could at least like help the mother breastfeed for an hour before i was kicked out of the hospital um and now it sucks because pretty much all hospitals are going down to like that one support person only and no like switch outs so the my last two clients i'm pretty much just gonna have to do like virtual support when they're in the hospital so that's going on and um martha uh my middle child hits a lot so i'll come back to that too once um beverly does her introduction Hey, my name is Beverly. I am a mother of four, and right now we are self-quarantined. Um, my, I'm not doing well. Let me just say that first. Um, and just as a warning, I might have to jump off of here uh, in a few minutes. I'm waiting on a call back from the baby's doctor because she's very sick, and um, so is my boyfriend. And another one of my kids is coughing. And so just dealing with all that and the anxiety of kids being out of school until further notice. Um, I thought I was going to be okay during all this. I was like keeping myself calm and I'm not like, I'm sorry, this toy is like bothering the shit out of me. Um, I wasn't freaking out and I'm still not like 
extremely just like scared about the virus itself. It's more just like everything that's going on because of the virus. And um, I don't know. I, I don't, my, my thoughts are just all jumbled right now. I, I feel like I'm going to have a hard time um, putting them into words, but uh, I'm, I'm struggling today. Um, and it looks like I'll probably have to drag all of my kids to the doctor later um, to get one of them checked out and possibly tested for the coronavirus. Um, we have no income at the moment and um, hold on. All right, so for those who are listening later, Bev just dropped off the call and it might've been that her baby touched the phone or something, but when she comes back, we'll listen and see what we can do to support her. So, and this is, I think, exactly the issue. Oh, here's Bev again. Okay. Come on back, Bev. I was just narrating that you had um, dropped off the call for people who are listening later, but keep talking because we want to hear what you have to say. Right, she's taking off her earbuds. Okay. Bev, you want me to unmute you? Just nod if you, okay, there you go. Can you hear me? Mm -hmm. Okay. My headphones died. Um, yeah, that's just, that's the last thing I was going to say is I'm just, um, I'm not getting child support right now from my other baby daddy and my boyfriend um, has been told not to come back to work until further notice. So um, yeah, I have like no money and hold on. I'm so sorry. My doctor's calling. Oh, crap. I'm sorry, y'all. I just was getting a call from the doctor and I accidentally, um, uh, canceled the call. So I need to hang up on this yeah. and get back with y'all. I'm sorry. Yeah. Go get him. Go get him. And then All report right. back. All the All love. Right. Okay. All the love. Thank you. All right. And this is like my biggest concern is like folks like Bev who, you know, she's got three kids from somebody who's not paying child support. Right. And then she's still newly postpartum, you know, so this type of situation, I think with the virus is like, cause I'll figure it out. Like me and my family will be okay somehow, like we'll figure it out. But folks like Bev who are like, you know, this is, this is my big concern when I think about, you know, like people are going to die. Okay. And then what about the people who continue living? You know? All right. All right. Well, let's talk about biting and stuff. And then maybe we'll brainstorm ways to help Bev or people that we know or help ourselves, or we'll just be here together. I don't know, but we're here. So um, I know this is like, Martha, it seems like you're in the thick of it with the, the new stage of hitting. Um, one of the tips that was like a little bit helpful for us and Willow, I have to say a little bit because she's still hitting and she's four, um, but she has realized that she's not supposed to hit. So even when she's hitting now, it's more like a tap 
because she knows she's not supposed to. But really the big thing that helped was um, like, ouch, that hurts. Um, and she'll, you know, oh, don't hurt me. Oh, hitting, that does not feel good. I don't like that. Please don't, don't hit me kind of thing. And for Willow, um, whenever she would hit me and I would react like that, like, ow, she would get upset because she hurt mom. So it, it really took a long time for her to like understand that she's not supposed to hit. Um, so that was like a helpful tip and I could see how that could help, but it didn't really help Willow all too much because she gets so emotional when she knows that she has physically hurt someone else. But um, sometimes it doesn't go away. So you have to keep thinking of new ideas on how to make, like, make them understand. I don't know, maybe Mama D has some better tips because she's got more kids. <laughs> uh not likely but <laughs> um so Anaya my two and a half year old she's really feisty and it's really interesting because she really will only hit my husband she doesn't hit me and I think it's the way he plays with the girls he's a little more like on the floor on all four like a lion and being like all rah and it gets her all like riled up and so she mostly hits out of excitement and she'll scratch too. And it's really, it's more of like an exciting thing to her. And so for us, it was kind of about how to channel that excitement into something else um, and not be hitting like, cause she would always like smack people in the face. Um, and she would do it to my dad too. So I don't know if it's like something about men <laughs> and the way they play the kids. But um, so for us, it was like, you know, if you're excited, let's do a dance. Like, let's channel that into something different. Let's do a dance. Let's everyone put their hands up and dance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'd like do circles, right? Yeah, exactly. Just, just like Rowan's doing. Um, and because we've done the, like, my husband can get really angry when she does that sometimes because he'll sometimes, she'll hit him in the balls and he gets like pissed off, obviously, right? And um, he'll get really angry at her. So she's seen like the angry, scared side of hitting. And I don't think it really helps besides just like scaring her and making her cry. Um, but she's also seen the, oh, like I'm hurt. Like, don't, you know, do that. Like, oh, you know, she's, we also do that too. And headed will like fake cry, right? And she just finds it funny. And then she just starts giggling. Um, and I think because she probably knows he's faking it. I don't know. <laughs> um, so the only thing that really has worked for us is like channeling that energy into something else. Um, when, when she would hit because she's like angry at her sister um, or something like that, and she would hit like with a toy. She never really hits with her hand, but she usually takes an item and hits that person with that item. Um, then it's a straight like automatic timeout because she knows by now that she shouldn't be doing that. So if I see her do it, I take the toy away from her and I tell her she needs to go. She's, she's two and a half. So we do like, we do um, timeouts by their age, like minutes. So she'll do like a two to three minute timeout in a corner away from everybody. 
And if she's crying, I'll tell her, you know, she needs to stop crying and think about why she's sitting here or why she's standing there. And then I come back to her and I'm like, okay, do you understand why you were in a timeout? And then she'll tell me because I hit A or whatever, right? And I'll be like, okay, and so we're not going to do that again because this is what happens. You don't get to play with us. Um, and so, you know, it's touch and go. Like I said, she's still hitting. It's, it's, but it's not, I wouldn't say it's like out of control. Like she's not hitting strangers or other people in the playground or things like that. It's more of just the family members. So tips, I don't know, ideas. I remember like when we talk about siblings hitting siblings, which is not exactly your um, scenario, Martha, but um, one time I have nieces that are about three years apart, maybe two years apart. And one of them threw a soccer ball at her sister, like we're outside. And um, she might've been like five or seven or what one of them threw the soccer ball at the other one and it hit my sister. And I was like, so immediately enraged. And like, I was an adult. I was like, don't you ever do anything ever again that hurts my sister. And there was, she was like, well, I was trying to hit, I was like, I don't care. You ever do anything again? to my sister and you will never ever ever forget it okay and they were like oh shit you know and so um like it scared them you know i was like we're going home we were at a playground we were um teaching them how to hula hoop i was like we're going home i just walked home and they were like talking to blythe and blythe's like no we're just going home now you know and so then they started crying and bitching to my sister uh, my stepsister like you know rowan just got mad and, and like tried to get everybody corralled up against me for like you know being so pissed and it was really interesting because like I'm already the black sheep or shitty person in my family anyway, right? And so my dad and my stepmother, instead of like, you know, coming to their defense of like, you know, well, bro, and I was like, they were like, they knew it was non-negotiable. And they're like, well, better not hit, you know, Blythe anymore when you try and hit each other, you know? Like that's how it was. And then I saw my niece like do this thing where she was hanging on my dad's neck. And my dad also these neck problems. He's like, don't hurt Papa, you know, all this stuff. And I was like, get off my dad. So I just said it like that, get off my dad. And they're like, well, he's my grandpa. I was like, whatever. He was my dad before he was your grandpa. Get off of him and don't hurt him. And they were like, you know, like this is non-negotiable. You're not doing that shit to hurt other people. Forget it. So this is my advice for like the five and up crowd. But I was like, ah, oh, you're not doing that. No. And it was just like a hard line, non-negotiable. I don't care if you're upset. I don't care if you're crying. This is not going to happen. Next. Which is also how I parented my kids which may or may not have been popular, but like, I was just like real hardlined about a lot of stuff. Like, this is the line. You will not go over it. No. Thank you. Next. So, but I didn't get, you know, my youngest child was four when I got her. So like, I don't, you know, cause I'm married people with kids. So some of this pre up to that, I don't have any idea. So I'm glad that we have the sharing, but this is what I did, you know, like when they were old enough to be cognizant and whatever. So that's my Rowan hardline two cents there. Yeah, so to go off of that recently, Aya, who is four and a half, she's going to be five in July, she had maybe like a couple of weeks ago had kicked her brother, Idris, while he was on the floor, and he was like crawling around, and she, and my husband watched her kick him, like he saw it. She like kicked him, tried to kick him in the face, and she missed the first time, and then she did it again, and she she got him in the face, and he started crying, um, and kind of like lost his mind. <laughs> And I had no idea what was going on. All I could hear was all of a sudden there was a lot of shouting happening. Um, and my husband was like yelling at her in Arabic. And that's how I know shit's real. <laughs> and um, she, yeah, and she, she was, I mean, she was freaked out and scared. I don't think she'd ever seen him that mad. And um, 
he straight away told her to get out of the room and to go into her own bedroom. And of course she, she came crying to me and I had no idea what was happening and kind of was like, no, like, don't give her a hug. Like, you know, she knows what she did was wrong. And, and so that was like, probably kind of like how Rowan just like, there's a line there. And so I drew the line with her as well. I was like, you know, you can't do that. And that is very wrong. And we are very upset with you and you need to go sit in your bed and think about what you did. Cause you know, you could have hurt your brother so bad that he would have to go to the hospital. And do you, you want to hurt your brother and never see him again? You know, things like that. And we can like brand scenarios in her head because she could have like kicked him in the throat and then he could, I don't know, we could be choking or not be able to breathe. Um, or she could have done like more damage where she could have bruised him or something like that. But definitely sometimes yeah you gotta lay down the law especially with the kids that like know better so like like our four-year-old like she knows better um so how was she afterwards after the laying down the law i mean she she definitely got it. Like she was very sad about what she did. She was crying about it the next day. Like it stayed with her. She was, and she was always saying, sorry. She was like apologizing a lot to us and to Idris and trying to give him hugs and stuff like that. Um, and, and then like her sister remembered it too, because her sister kept reminding her what she did. Like daddy's going to get so mad at you. You're in a timeout. <laughs> I was like, okay, and calm down, please. Like, don't rub it in let's just keep to your side uh keep, keep in your lane but uh yeah I mean she definitely remembered it you know and uh she's never touched him again but that was only a couple weeks ago so we'll see Um, I think for me, the the challenging part is that he's laughing and smiling at the same time. So <clears throat> it's it's hard for me to kind of understand what's going on in his mind. And, you know, I'm saying things like, ow, no hit mommy, no hit mommy, it hurts. But he doesn't know what ow means yet. He doesn't know what the word hurt means yet. And I guess this is how he's going to learn. Um, but... Also, as far as the timeout, um, what I've done the past couple of days is put him in his pack and play. Now, typically, the pack and play is a place that we put him when we have to leave the room for a few minutes or, you know, have to take a phone call or blah, blah, blah. So I'm worried that a place that was normally associated with good experiences is now associated with punishment. And if I need to implement um, a special space for timeout and like, how do you do that with a two-year-old? How do you get them to stay still? Like say if I have a designated corner or a chair or something like that, um, when they're so young and they're, they're wiggly and, you know, they don't want to sit still and stuff, like what is some advice on that front if anyone has any pointers that would be appreciated <laughs> um we haven't really done timeout that much um the girls got legos for their birthday or for christmas and that was like a joint christmas present 
and they were actually just like a box of Lego hand-me-downs, so we didn't really have to spend a lot of money, and Lily was very excited, but she also gets very um, frustrated and emotional when she can't do something herself, so uh, she gets physically angry, and when there was hitting and throwing of Legos, hitting with Legos or throwing Legos, we had to say, hard stop, time out with the Legos. You need to stop what you're doing and come away from the Legos. Um, and that was even hard for Lily to understand. But when Willow was doing it, same kind of thing where she did not want to take the time out and she was physically trying to leave the couch and I just sat there with her and I put on a timer. And even though she was struggling to leave, I was, try I was saying to her, I see that you're having a hard time listening to mom, but I'm gonna help your body to stay close to me because it is important that you have this time out because you were throwing Legos. So sometimes it's giving them, um, you know, the strict, this is the time out, but you might have to stay with them the whole time and still not give in to playing with them or giving them really any other attention than, you know, talking about not hitting or, you know, I know waiting can be hard or this is how we're learning patience. Um, and I, he's still two, so, I know it can be hard, but even sitting with them um, has been a thing that we've done. And I mean, it still doesn't work every time, but the more that you do it, I'm assuming the easier it will get. The girls still don't really like understand timeouts. So even when they see other kids in timeout, it's kind of like a foreign concept to them. We've just been implementing it with, um, really like the hitting and like the explosion of emotions with toys and Legos. So I also forgot to say that when Anaya was born and Aya was like two, she would hit her baby sister and she would hit her like while she was in the swing or whatever and just like do like taps on the head. It wasn't like hard hits, but it was, you know, a hit enough to upset the baby. Um, and so what I did with that per advice from a friend of mine who has multiple kids was I would completely ignore Aya and I would pick up the baby and I was like, oh no, are you okay? Like, oh, your sister hit you. Are you okay? Oh my goodness. Like, you know, just talk to her about it. Like, oh, she didn't mean it, but are you hurt? Like, and not make eye contact with Aya at all. And that would get Aya like really upset. Like she would start crying about it. She would, and and so I, I don't know, I guess like from my friend's perspective, it was like her way of getting attention. And so if you took that attention away by not looking at her and kind of ignoring her in the room and giving the other child the attention that defeated her purpose or her goal. And that worked. So I should do that now. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> But yeah, wanted to also touch in with Beverly and see how how you're doing, or if you're going to make it to the doctor today, or um, if you wanted to chat any more about um, what's going on with you. 
Yeah, so we just made an appointment for 3.30. Um, no one else with symptoms is allowed, of course. So um, I don't know, my boyfriend's gonna have to stay here with the kids and I'll take her in and I guess they're testing her for the virus. I, I think maybe that's protocol right now to just test anyone who's showing any of the symptoms. Um, so. So I'll tell you, um, just because I had someone, I knew someone who was tested for it. They're gonna test everything first before they do the corona to rule it out. So they'll test for uh, flu and like colds and like all the other tests that they've got. Um, and then they'll do the COVID virus as a last one. Because I think the COVID virus takes like one to five business days for the result to come back in, whereas a lot of tests that they have are kind of instant. So okay. just so you know, you might be prepared yeah. for that. Um, it's just, to me, it just seems like, I don't know, some kind of upper respiratory infection, um, which is not, it's it's unsettling because she's five months old and I know she's probably going to need antibiotics or something. Um, so I don't know. I'm just like, I th the situation would already be hard. Like even if no one in the house was sick and now everyone's getting sick. And, um, so I just feel really drained, like emotionally and mentally and being, um, cooped up in the house is really hard for someone who <laughs> already has anxiety and depression and um, usually when I'm when I uh, isolate myself I'm I'm depressed and so it's like kind of putting me in that space mentally right now and I'm trying not to think like that and I'm trying to keep the kids occupied and I don't want them just like sitting around watching TV all day, but that's that's how it was yesterday because I couldn't I couldn't do anything else. And so I'm like trying to come up with plans in my head of okay, we're gonna, you know, do this much reading and, and we're gonna write stories and we're gonna draw and this and that and then, you know, a fight breaks out because everyone's bored and you know doesn't want to do this shit anymore and it's like oh my god we're just at the beginning right now and I think that's what's giving me anxiety is like this literally just started and we're already having this many issues so um yeah I don't know what else to say I am glad that we're going and seeing someone today because um I can like literally do, do you know how when someone has an infection and you can like smell it in their breath, I can smell in her breath that she has an infection and it's just worrying me. I don't think I've had um, to deal with, with an infection in this young of a baby before. Maybe I have, I don't remember, but um, it's not. That's super tough. I feel as yeah, my kids, I feel like are exploding on one another and I only have like two toddlers really. Um, activities that we've done that have been like fun and keeping the kids like within themselves um or to themselves is uh I took a like I found like a bucket or a big Tupperware bin and I I think I, I saw it like on Instagram like some toddler activity you know idea thing 
and um, I filled the bucket with water and soap, set it outside on the patio, and then gave him a bunch of like toy, like plastic toys. And I was like, okay, everyone, like here's sponge and scrubs, and now everyone like wash the toys. And they were at it for like an hour, which was awesome. And then after that, they were like, I think like also for for me, it's like I have to let go of the mess and the idea of that. Because, like, of course, they're getting the water everywhere. It's getting into the the patio. It's getting, uh, and now they're swimming in it, you know, like in a puddle. They're just, like, pretending like they're swimming in it. And I'm just like, whatever. You know, that's fine. As long as it's outside, I don't really care. It's not in the house. I laid a towel down for them when they walked into the house. Um, so we didn't get water everywhere. And then I put them all in the tub, stripped their clothes off. And then we had a bubble bath fun tub thing for 30 minutes. Again got water everywhere outside of the tub but I was like you know what it's water it's gonna dry up I don't give a shit right now um and so I let them have fun in the tub and then after that it was you know um snack and nap time so that was kind of like a good activity because I got everyone down for a nap I guess it was got their energy out of them I suppose but I know it's a little different with like three older kids and one baby um but that's just an idea maybe I wanted to say two things. One is that um, I put in the chat box the newsletter sign up that I send out for Preggers Can Be Choosers. And we're putting a bunch of ideas in there for uh, things to do with kids, especially outside, or some ideas. And then also natural ways to support wellness, things that I'm a little bit hesitant to say on a, like a platform with people that will be listening later that I don't know. But um, if you sign up, there's some links and stuff that we're going to send and some alternative healing options that um, are available for people who know, like, and trust Preggers can be choosers. So I want to put that out there. So sign up for that newsletter if you want to. And I'll put the link in the show notes also. And then the other thing is, like, we're really switching gears. Like, Martha and I are the oldest in this group. We're about the same age, right, Martha? Yeah, we're just a couple of years of each other. And so, like, we remember growing up in an age that wasn't digital where you had to go outside and you did a bunch of shit. And so like, I think this is a time for folks who are younger who don't remember having a childhood like this because y'all didn't. And then also like, um, like just kind of it's a whole like um, dialing back 50 years to try and see like, yeah, we still have internet connection right now and we still have electricity. Like there was electricity of Martha and I were younger. We're not that old, but um like there's a whole way that we have to rethink things. And so I prefer to think of this as a speed bump. It's not um, always going to be this like out of, out of your element and stuff as you develop new coping ways and new ways of thinking about stuff. And, and also for our children that are used to like really um, instant stuff all the time that at some point they're going to max out. There's only so much green time you can have before your body like feels terrible. Right. And this is where we remind our bodies and our, our people how to do different things. So I'm not being very eloquent here, but what I'm saying is that um, think about things that maybe would have gone down 50 years ago. And those are some ways to keep our kids busy. And that's some ways to keep ourselves busy. Like, you know, like it might having access to um, produce might be challenging in a little bit. So here's where we teach our kids to garden. And like Mama D said, yeah, it's going to be a big fat mess. Put it on the patio, hose it off, keep going you know, that type of stuff, or, um, you know, like, really, like, what we need right now is outdoor showers, so you can get your kids doing all this stuff, and then, you know, hose them off outside, you know, but you guys don't have an outdoor shower problem anyway, like, I am such a sucker, Tiffany's totally been with me at places where I'm like, is there an outdoor shower? Yes, you know, like, I'm all about it, but, um, 
just think about things that we would have done to get our kids tired or stimulated or whatever 50 years ago. And those are things that can still be functional now. And it is a time to like learn how to garden and start some tomato plants or do whatever. Um, but being outside is always a good option. And one of the things we have going for us right now is that the air quality is relatively good, hopefully where you're listening. Um, and the more like the less people are active and stuff, um, the more kind of natural resources are having an opportunity to self-reset. Well, look at those good kids. Okay. I see you, Bev, with your head on your face and the dog. There's my best friend, the dog, Zeus. So um, anyway, I just want to say that, that it might not always be like this. This is a time where we're recalibrating and forming new habits and creating new neural pathways in our brains. And so it's not always going to be this dire. Although I did see um, a meme that said that, um, you know, waxing your floors and organizing every year closet is day 15. Quarantine stuff, not day two. So <laughs> give yourself a couple of days. Although I got to say my, my little free library is really getting a lot of action right now. So people are going through their bookshelves and stuff. So anyway, those are my thoughts. And if you guys have more, let's hear them. There was um, some, one of my friends posted an activity that she did with her toddlers. And um, it was also a link to an Instagram account that's like toddler, toddler busy, or I'll have to find it and share it in the group. But what they did was um, take a muffin tin and baking soda in each compartment, and then a couple drops of food coloring. And then you cover up the food covering, coloring with more baking soda, and you give the kids um, vinegar with water in it, and they can pour the water, the vinegar into the muffin tin, and then each circle has a different color. So it's kind of like exciting because they don't know what color it's going to be, and it's a little bit messy, um, and they put the whole muffin tin in another container. So if there's overflow, it's not a big deal. Um, but there were like sciency activity type things on this page that include things that you already have around the house. So I'll have to find that and put that in the, um, in the group later. Um, yeah, I think like, it's called busy toddler. Cause that's the one I follow yeah. too. Okay. Or the busy um, toddler, but yeah. And it is difficult because like, you know, different kids, require different activities, but I really like what Rowan was saying about like a lot of, I think the solace and comfort that we can find is gonna be out in nature and being able to just even go outside for a breath of fresh air um, is gonna be helpful. Um, I just want to tell you guys that my husband and I were supposed to go on a trip to Miami for a baby moon. And um, I was super psyched about it because we weren't going to take the kids, obviously. And then we had to cancel it. It was for next month. And I got really pissed off about it um, for selfish reasons. But uh, so my husband was like, well, maybe we can do something like here in the area and we can just drive. And so I found this place in Dripping Springs which is like right outside of Austin for those of y'all 
that don't know Texas. Um, and it's a freaking teepee camp. It's like a teepee, like a, a huge, like an actual Indian, you know, American Indian. I don't know what the, the right word to say is, but anyways, um, it's a huge teepee and it's amazing. And it's got like, you know, a bed in there and, and everything. And it's like 90 bucks a night. And I was like, hells yeah, with the campfire. Indigenous, thank you, Rowan. Um, and I was just like, we need to go camp in a teepee for two nights. And that would be really fun just to be outdoor away from people and everything and hang out in the wild. So, yeah, those, those random thoughts. But I think important because we also have to figure out like hopefully in four weeks we'll know what's up more. When is your trip? Um, the trip was planned for April fourth through the seventh. Mm -hmm. Um, and my and we were we were flying into Miami, and so Miami they just released they had like an event I think on the tenth or eleventh, um, where they had like thousands of people together, and now they have this huge outbreak of Corona. So when is the TP camping? Oh, well, we haven't figured that out yet, but mm -hmm. it's like the possibility of what I want to do, I suppose. Um, so hopefully next week sometime, because the kids don't go back to school until the 13th. So. Right, right, right. And so, you know, and I think sometimes with this type of situation, like every day seems to bring like new information, right? Like today's the last day that I'm working. Um, I think seeing people and already it's just like people who are really got something significant going on. So I'm not doing like, you know, plain Jane prenatal massage. I'm doing like, oh, you had a stage four tear and you're fixing to try and have a vaginal birth in the next three weeks. And we're trying to get your scar tissue down so you have elasticity. Okay, great, 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 great. That type of stuff. Or somebody who hasn't, um, she has a colon blockage and nothing is helping it. And she was like, okay, can you just please drive out to Richmond? And I was like, uh -huh, okay. So like, I'm seeing like, you know, medical stuff. Right. Um, but each day, I don't know if this is the last day I'm going to be able to do this or whatever. So we just take it kind of one day at a time right now. One thing I was thinking about too, I'm switching topics a little bit here, but um, Tiff knows that um, we're both bubble people. Tiff, do you identify as a bubbler or no? She does. Okay. So, um, on, uh, I'll put the link in here, but for Punk Rock Hoops, like I have um, on the website, shout out to Punk Rock Hoops, um, that how to make bubble wands and make the bubble stuff. And you want to talk about fun and that gets everybody so soapy and wet, but it makes these cool bubbles and there's a lot of space and air. So kind of when we think about like Martha and I's generation of going out and riding your bike up and down the street like 9 million times, it's kind of the same stuff. It's a project you can do outside and it's visually interesting and nobody's really up on each other and there's lots of soap and water so you can hose everybody off later so i'll put a link to that in the um chat and also the show notes well i'm kind of going through the same thing as mama d right now as far as vacation because we had uh planned to go um to well first it was san antonio and then um and then the outbreak happened in san antonio and so we um, made plans to go to Austin, not still not realizing, you know, what, what was about to happen, um, and that it was about to be everywhere. And so I made the Airbnb reservation for somewhere in Austin, and we were really excited about it. It's going to be like, literally my first vacation without kids ever, like since having kids. 
um, and it was just a weekend away, first weekend of May. Um, so yesterday we were talking about like, should we cancel? Um, but since ours is, like I said, first weekend in May, we have until like, I think April 17th to d decide if we want to cancel or not. And then um, we'll get a full refund if we cancel before then. So we're just waiting it out. And um, I feel selfish, like you said, I feel selfish, like being upset about it. But like, I, I think I'm, I, I can still be upset about it. So, you know, it's, I would be really sad if we couldn't go, but also understanding. Um, so yeah, but new things are coming out every day. So we'll know more in a few weeks from now. It just sucks when like everyone's telling you what you should do, you know, like we're supposed to stay with like one of my family friends in Miami and she was like, I don't think you should come like, and you're pregnant and I just don't think you should come. I don't think it's a good idea. And then my mom, like, of course she talked to my mom and then my mom was like, yeah, um, Auntie Joanne says that you shouldn't come and I don't think you should go either. And I was like, ah, oh. and then, you know, my mother-in-law was like, no, yeah, you shouldn't, you guys shouldn't leave. And this was kind of like maybe a week or two ago before all of this is happening right now. Right. Cause like Ron said, everything's like changing every day. And, um, I kind of like put it on Patty, my provider, my midwife. And I was like, if you say I shouldn't go, then I won't go, but I will tell everyone else to go to hell because I bought outfits and I am excited to be on the beach with my husband without children. Cause it, uh, we haven't done that in like four years. So just kind of like that. I haven't been away, you know, from the kids for a long time and I was really looking, but yeah. balancing that grief uh shit i really wanted this for myself and at the same time well one thing i wanted to bring up and it's kind of going down a little bit in the chat box but <clears throat> i'll go ahead and voice it that um what about inappropriate or appropriate coping mechanisms right like i remember before harvey came one of the last things i did i'm in houston and right before hurricane harvey hit um i went and I bought like a hundred dollars worth of weed because I realized I was going to be in the house of my brother-in-law for like five days or three days or whatever. And like, I just couldn't take it. And I didn't buy the weed for me. I bought it for my brother-in-law. It was like, just, if you stay like buzzed and eating pizzas or pies or whatever this whole time, my life will be a lot better. So, um, and then my brother-in-law was being like a dick bag yesterday and my sister was like, we just need to leave. Dr. B was like, we need to leave because my husband is an idiot and I'm going to choke him. I was like, okay, you know, like, so we went and ran our errand or maybe it was two days ago. I forget when, what it was. No, I guess it was yesterday. So, um, and then she goes, no amount of weed is going to make this better to, you know, like get him stoned up. So, um, what's going on there? So in the, um, comments we have, um, my husband bought a handle of vodka and a case of beer, not really looking forward to falling out of routine and dealing with his hangovers. Shit. So that's a thing too. Has anybody got any thoughts? Um, I'll jump in on that. Uh, my, okay, so I'm not a big drinker. Um, I definitely, I like never drink at home. If I drink, it's social and I'll go out and have a few drinks with friends or whatever, but I don't bring it home with me. Um, my boyfriend is different in that way. He likes to, you know, when he's doing stuff around the house, he likes to 
drink beers or, you know, make a glass of whiskey and Coke or whatever it is. and Be manly while you're doing man jobs. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, and I, it's not like, I guess the, maybe it is the, I mean, I, okay, sorry. Let me get my thoughts together. I have been in a few relationships with alcoholics and my mother is an alcoholic. And so I'm very like sensitive to it, I guess. And, um, it makes me uneasy just having it, you know, even if nothing's going on, it makes me uneasy. But then especially if, you know, he drinks a little too much and then I have to deal with, you know, just that and then cranky the next morning and I find it unfair you know, that hasn't been going on a whole lot lately, maybe because he's sick, but I'm not looking forward to if that starts happening. So I don't have any advice. Um, just I, I deal with the same thing sometimes too. So I don't have any advice either. I, um, um, the only thing I can think of is what it's the only thing I can think of doesn't apply to right now because we're all stuck indoors. <laughs> so my only solution um would not be able to be done um but sometimes if i am my husband is uh having a bad day at work or whatever is bothering him it's home to get the heck out and go to the gym <laughs> but gyms are closed right now um so everything's closed and the issues are um that there's no support like you know because i'm an aa i can't go to an aa meeting right now um you know it's it's no go so even for people who you know like have inappropriate coping coping mechanisms when they want to have appropriate coping mechanisms to support you know outlets are not there okay so some from the chat box sometimes i think he expects me to join in especially if the kids are acting up like start like um like joining in on the um, on the drinking or inappropriate coping mechanisms or whatever. Yeah. Okay. So, but how does uh, that, I don't understand. Like how, how does he think that that, you know, makes things better? I mean, I know you can't answer this, Tiffany. It's, I feel like there's the logic there. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. It's all right. I'll, I can edit. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's part of the, um, the coping mechanism oh, to relax. Yeah. yeah. It makes things better for him. And so, I mean, I think it's like, he's trying to help. That's, I mean, that's what I, how I see it when, when I'm dealing with the same thing is, you know, when he's like, oh, do you want one? You know, he's, he wants me to relax. And so it's like, I guess coming from a good place, but he doesn't understand that that doesn't, I don't want to be in that position around my kids. Like I don't, I don't drink around them. So. And it's a social endorsement too. Like, like it's not an inappropriate coping mechanism if you're joining the thing. And it's kind of like that, you know, you're not going to throw that soccer ball and hit my sister. The answer is no. The answer is no today. The answer is no tomorrow. I'm not doing this. It's not good for me. It's not good for my family. And I'm not going to collude on the behalf of your inappropriate coping mechanism. And you're sure as fuck getting up and not being a dick tomorrow when you're helping me with stuff. So, you know, it's hardcore. And this is like, you know, Al-Anon 101 right here. And I'm sorry that that's going down for sure. It's totally Al-Anon stuff. 
where you have to like be, uh, you know, real tight about it. And, you know, like situations like this is when people really have an opportunity to show their worst and their best. Oh, how do I convey that to him? Um, I think you just gotta like say no. Just no, no, no. I'm not gonna entertain this, no, no. I want you to know that I see what you're doing that. And if you have to do that for yourself, that's fine. But tomorrow morning you're getting up and you're not laying this on me some more. You know, there'll be some fighting for sure. And this is a time where people's worst coping mechanisms are gonna be there big time. And for those of you who do need support, there is online support groups just like we're having now for um, you know, Al-Anon or AA or whatever. That's what I'm doing to manage my own addictions. Like I have 10 years clean, but still like, um, oh, I know I was at dinner the other day and somebody had a wine. Um, I have a real specific set of triggers that like lead me astray. And I can, sometimes I see them coming, sometimes I don't, but I knew I could see this wine um, glass and it had the little bubbles coming up and it was real pretty. And it was the light from the window was hitting it. And I was like, oh, there you go, Rowan, uh-uh, you know? And then when we left, there was this much wine still in our glass. That's how you know somebody's not an alcoholic. If you put a party with a bunch of alcoholics in one room and a bunch of non-alcoholics on the non-alcoholic side, you'll see glasses that are like half full or people lose their drink or stuff like that. And when you say you can't have any more, people are like, oh, okay. And if you do that same thing in the alcoholic room, people start losing their shit. There was no empty abandoned glasses that are half full. Everybody's looking in their glass. There's not enough, you know, or it's finished and they're looking for more. There's a whole different level of agitation. So, but yeah, <clears throat> inappropriate or not in our best interest coping mechanisms are for sure going to spike up. Yeah, and domestic violence. That's another thing we're going to see a lot of. Um. Uh, that just remind me actually just with Rowan her advice to Tiffany saying like no just a kind of like no deal um actually Ken and I had like gotten to like a really like one of our biggest fights in a long time and it was definitely because of this whole COVID thing um one of his really good friends his father had passed away um last week and I wanted to go to the funeral and it's a really quick um prayer that is done at the local masjid and um like the prayer is probably like five minutes um and then they go and bury him at the grave it's like our the, the islamic um, way of burial it's just really done really fast um because he like had passed away that morning and then he gets buried at 3 p.m so anyways i guess like i went with the kids to the masjids and I, on the way there, he was like, I don't know, like, why did you want to come? Like, I don't think maybe it's a good idea. And I was like, headed, like, I'm going, you know, because I list my reasons. And then he was fine with it, whatever. And then we got to the masjid and I, I let the kids out to the playground um, before the prayer had started because we got there a little early. And um, he had gotten a phone call from his dad and his brother. And I guess like his dad went off on him. Like, why would you let your wife out of the house? Like, why would you let them, like, why would you do that? Like, that's very irresponsible of you. And then he got like, it triggered him. And then he got like really ticked off and told everyone to get back in the car and we're all going home and went off on me in the car. He was like, I don't know why, like you, you know, forced yourself to go. It just like making it a big deal. And he got like really ticked off and, and then, um, I was trying to talk to say what I had to say. And he was like, very, you know, I'm a man about it. Like, you know, you listen to what I have to say. And I, I blew up on him. I literally just blew. And I don't think he'd ever see me blow up on him. Cause I don't cuss when I get angry. I'm not that type of person really, you know? Um, and so when I started laying the F bombs on him and 
the, you know, just, I got ticked and I was crying, yelling at him and, um, he felt really bad. <laughs> like he felt so bad. And he'd done like some low blows to me, like ver- verbally saying some things. Um, and I shoved it back in his face and then, you know, he wanted to turn back around and go to the masjid and make it better. And I was like, no, we're going home. I was like, I'll drop you off and I'm taking the kids and we're going out. We're going to Chick-fil-A, we're getting everyone lunch and you're going to go by yourself and you need to figure out a ride. You can get a ride. And he did. And he was texting me and just like apologizing again. And I was just like, I need space. Like I just kind of laid down my, nope, not going to happen. Like you can say sorry, but no. (laughs) And it, that like, I let that happen until like the next day, just kind of very much like laying down my you can't do that to me. Um, and you're not going to get away with it just by saying sorry. So that just kind of reminded me of that. Just saying no and laying down your, your, your foot or putting down your foot, I suppose. In Al-Anon, they call it detached with love. You know, you're just like, no, this is how it is. And, you know, and I've heard people in Al-Anon like, I detached with hate because that's what I could do. But, um, you know, sometimes you just have detached with love. Like, no, no all right, you're hungover, but you still got to get up and help me and do stuff. You did the shit to yourself and here we are. All right, everybody. I'm sorry, but I have a one o'clock. So I have to like, and I'm at my sister's house and I got to get to the the office. Um, But next week, stay tuned. We'll all be here. Um, I saw Caitlin posting briefly on Facebook right now in the middle of group. So I don't know what's going on with her because she's normally here, but um, we'll, uh, I'll just keep doing it together. Bev, if uh, something goes down with your family and you need extra support, please reach out to me or anybody in the group. Um, You know, we have that Facebook group or directly, however you want to. Um, But if you need support, we're here for you. Okay. And uh, I know you live way out in Katy, which is like not Houston for those who are wondering, but um, we can still do whatever. Oh, I know what I wanted to say. Has, have you ever seen that for, if the baby has a respiratory infection, if you have a vibrator, that's like one of those long dildos that just kind of jiggles, you can make sure it's clean, but um, put it on the baby's back on her spine and it will like percuss and help loosen phlegm and stuff like that. I'll try and see if I can find a meme. I know it was going around about a year ago. Like here's a dual purpose because they actually have machines that like jiggle babies' backs, but it looks like a rod and it just jiggles. I mean, uh, we can figure that out, right? Just get something out of the drawer. So, um, and that helps keep loosen the phlegm in the baby's lung because what you don't want is the um, like crud to settle to the bottom lobes of their lungs. And then that's a bacteria breeder. But if you like keep it jiggling, a lot of times they, you know, spit it up or whatever. And that's the way to do it. So just get something out of the drawer, start jiggling. Have you seen that before? Um, I just, yeah, as you were talking about it, I, I remembered seeing something about that a, a while ago, but that'll give me a good excuse to go online and order a new one. <laughs> <laughs> just clean an old one. Come on. Be practical. <laughs> you can wash those things, run through that. Well, the ones with batteries, you can't really run through the dishwasher, but whatever. We all have those like super, you know, antibacterial soap out now anyway. So just like whatever, just scrub it down. And you can put it on top of her little pajama bat, you know, shirt or whatever. You don't have to stick it up on her skin. But you know, you know, Bev, we know where the baby came from. We were all there. It was on YouTube or <laughs> live streamed it or whatever. So <laughs> that's what Tiff says. That's where she came from. It's fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I love all you guys tremendously, and we'll all just keep showing up and loving each other until we can't, and there we go, okay? So unmute yourselves, and let's say we love each other, because we do, and I'll see you next week. Love you. Bye. 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 Bye.
Thanks, All in it together. Love. See you bye next bye. week. Bye. Bye. Are you wanting to join in the conversation but keep missing us live? Then sign up for text reminders at www.preggers.rocks. That's www.preggers.rocks. And we'll see you Tuesday at 11 a.m. Central Time.